Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A loyal listener is like being part of an exclusive club or a really weird cult. A tradition better than Sunday dinner with a family. Coming to you live from Atlanta, it's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We have called this press conference this morning because JK has an announcement to make. So I will bring John up here for a brief statement, and then we'll take a few questions. John? Uh, thank you very much, Anthony, this morning. As, uh, we, as the sun rises on this September 20th, uh, for the first time in my radio career, I am a radio-free agent. I'm a free agent. Uh, my, my services on the local level are available for business as I have found myself out of work. So, uh, like all other sports uh, personalities, I need to have a press conference and just deal with these questions head on. And hopefully we will be able to move to the next level, find out some answers, and, uh, and, and free agency will be a positive experience uh, for me. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin, you're first up. Kevin, uh, can I take your question, please? JK, are you leaning East Coast to West Coast? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of like a rap battle. Everything about me screams East Coast. It really does. And, and get my good side. Get my good side. Get my good side. Let me turn to the camera. Thank you. Very good. There you go. I just look a little better that way. And I look good both ways. Uh, I, look, East Coast, West Coast, it does seem like a rap battle. But I'm leaning towards East Coast because, to me, I think it's, it's probably better because everything about me screams East Coast. I'm not laid back. And uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not like my idea of a night out is not uh, avocado toast and a nice uh, and a nice white wine spritzer. I'm not Pete frickin' Carroll. No, so I'm leaning East Coast. Yes, so that's my answer. Uh, but uh, but hey, looking for work. If you if you need to reach me, reach out. Uh, James is on. James, what's going on? What's your John? Question? What part of your skill set fits best with what part of the country? Well, I think I'm very, uh, I thank the people of the South for bringing me up the last 25 years in sports radio, where I've learned by being in Atlanta that, uh, that, that the sports fans can be having credible passion, incredible loyalty, but they're very, in the South, they're very hypersensitive when their teams get criticized. I come from a city of Philadelphia, where I grew up, where cannibalizing our teams is sort of like going to mass on Sunday. Or, you know, kissing your grandma when you see her. It's, it's just routine. It's what you do. So cannibalization in the Northeast. Very hypersensitivity when your team gets criticized in the South. It's a delicate balance. 
I think I'm poised for both because the lovely people of the South have taught me so well. All right, let me get one more in here because I got to move on. Tyler, Tyler, what's your question, buddy? JK, with your hair, shouldn't you consider a TV gig? I really should. And I want to tell the folks at ABC's General Hospital that I am now much more available. And I've noticed that Stephen A. Smith has gotten a lot of work recently as Brick in Port Charles. I'm, I'm ready. I'm available if I'm needed to be a Cassadine cousin or, more importantly, a Corinthos brother. I'm ready for it. So if you need me, you need me. I'm ready to go. I don't have time for more questions. I got a radio show to do here on CBS Sports Radio. So I I thank you for your time, but my free agency period has officially begun. Clock is ticking. Fit me under your salary cap. (laughs) Try and have a little fun with it. Try and have a little fun with it, folks. Um, If you follow on social media, for the first time in my career, I'm a radio free agent for my my daily work. So uh, I appreciate all our fine affiliates. Hint, hint. And uh, I look forward to you all, and I thank you for that. we got a lot coming up for you this hour on the John Kincaid Show. Have a little fun to get started. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. And Rocket Mortgage does a spectacular job for their clients. That includes the fallout coming your way 20 minutes past the hour. We'll give you the uh, latest in the world of college football. If you missed it yesterday, I think a lot of people maybe are just, unless your team has played, Unless you're a Clemson fan, Notre Dame fan, um, you're a fan of UCF or Georgia Tech, you probably have missed your team playing. And that's understandable. It's understandable. Some of the bigger boys in college football come back next weekend, so it's a little bit different. We'll get you caught up on everything as we do every single week on the show around 20 minutes past the hour. Plus, A.J. Hawk joins us, host of the Hawkcast, plus part of Sirius XM NFL Radio. We'll talk to A.J. Hawk, and he's always looking to hit somebody. With a strong sports opinion. Yeah, that's how he hits now. He doesn't hit anybody else otherwise. He's really a calm, docile human being. Love that. But uh, as we get started today, I laughed so much that people were like, okay, the Heat. First of all, I thought the Heat weren't going to lose another game. I'm not being serious. But I was really sort of feeling that way, the, heat, the way the Heat's been playing. And I tell you right now, the Miami Heat have made me a, I'm embarrassed for myself that I didn't see any of this coming. I didn't see any of it coming. And the Heat rebound with an easy victory, 117-106. And yes, at times it gets cosmetically more close, but the Celtics got done business, got done, took care of their business. And I watched a Philadelphia team earlier this year that just went out with a whimper. And now I'm looking at the Celtics, and I wonder if Giannis was to stay in Milwaukee, which I think is a big if. If the we get past them, and then and then you say, okay, well, what's it? The Brooklyn Nets next year should be special with Kyrie and Durant. They should be a very special team. This Heat team. Is amazing right now the way they're playing, the grit, the determination. Eric Spolstra, dude, I am so sorry that in my ignorance, I sold your team short. Absolutely sold it short. But for the Celtics, I've almost moved past you. And again, this will be an embarrassment on my part because I was like, okay, the Heat aren't losing until the finals. 
And I didn't know that they'd lose the finals, but they, they're not losing till the finals. And then I see a little bit of the Celtics, and I see glimmers. I see glimpses. And my partner on the uh, podcast, you may have heard of him, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, talks about the fact that this year will be an asterisk to him. Whoever wins is just an asterisk. It's, it's, not a real, like it's not a real championship to him. And guess what? Shaq can do whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants. But I got to tell you point blank. I don't believe this is an asterisk season at all. I think this is a battle of wills, a battle of determination. Look at the L.A. Clippers. How soft. Softer than Charmin. I mean, honestly, very, very soft. To me, the teams that are thriving in the NBA bubble are determined, are, are tough, are strong, are mentally tough. So the Celtics, you've clawed your way back into the series. Make me a believer. Even it up. Make me a believer. Because at that point, maybe the Miami good time train starts to have a little bit of doubts that maybe they've been playing over their heads a bit. 855-212-4CBS. I talked about the five seed being the Padres. John in Chicago joins us. John, welcome to the John Kincaid Show. How are you? Morning, JK. Which are you, hey, by the way, which side of the... Side, what's uh, since you are looking for work, yes. have you heard of the News Nation uh, entity, uh, WGN America? I have not. I know they've, they, that's a... Uh, uh, WGN America is doing a three-hour newscast every night, wow. seven days a week, and it's supposed to be all facts, no opinion. Well, then that's me, so, right? That's our show. That's our show. Yeah. But I, I, I would definitely. I, okay, well, well, well you know, I appreciate that. All right, send them a note. Send them a note and tell them what do you got? For, what do you got for me yeah. on the? Uh, for, first of all, by the way, are you on the Cubs side or are you on the on the White Sox side? Because when I get a baseball call from Chicago, I'm anti. Uh, baseball fan bigotry so i'm more really? of a white Sox fan but okay. i don't i don't oppose the cubs okay so all right i just wanted anyway. to know that so what do you got in the padres well it wasn't so much that i just wanted to remind you well, yeah, and you know this the schedule's unbalanced this year so the padres and and uh, la have been beating up on weaker teams than what uh, the cubs and the white Sox have been facing in the central division so you're going to have wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. for those guys. Okay, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're t- you're telling me this. Okay, you're giving me this right now. Let me let me just let me just peruse here for you, just to show you. Uh, there is the the Reds aren't 500. The Brewers aren't 500. The the Pirates are terrible. The worst team in in baseball resides in the Central. Uh, let's go to the uh, let's go to let, the East. The Braves and the Marlins and the Phillies are all over 500. Mets and the Nationals not uh, not doing too well. I think you can pretty much make this case in almost every single division that right now in the National League, there's only one division that has three teams over 500, and that's the East. But here's my point, though. The reason those teams are over 500 at the top of the division is because the teams at the bottom are weaker than what the Cubs, you know, the Cubs, the Brewers, the St. Louis. Wait a minute, the Cubs have the Cincinnati are more evenly matched, so they they have worse records playing each other all the time. Okay, okay, wait a minute. Okay, last team, the last team in the division, in the, the last two teams in the Central have 40 wins between them, the Brewers and the Pirates, okay? So I'm going to just test your theory here, because you may be right. The bottom two teams in the National League East have 43 wins. That's tougher. The last two teams in the West have 42 wins. 
That's tougher. The easiest division is the Central. The easiest division is the Central. And so I'm that doesn't say hold. That the Brewers. No, are not the bottom. As... The bottom two teams in the division is the worst. They're the worst. They're the worst winning percentage. So you can't say that. You see, you're, 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 I appreciate your call, but you're, you're missing the boat on that one. Worst two teams. And so that, that's where we're at. I mean, it's, that's terrible. That's, look, it's not easy right now. It's not easy right now. And I don't think there's any big difference. But the Giants have really hung around. The Rockies have been a – I think the Rockies have been a huge disappointment. I expected a lot better out of the Rockies. But right now, you know, Cincinnati's in the final wild card spot at 26 and 27. And Milwaukee's one game under right behind them. The, the Giants are one game under right behind them. How much would you like to see the Giants sneak in? Gabe Kapler's probably getting waxed right now. Probably waxing his eyebrows right now. Um, and, and how much would you like to see the Giants and the Dodgers, just arch rivals that hate each other? Face off in that best of three series. That would be fun. Now that's some drama. Now other drama is the idea that Tom Brady got scolded publicly by his coach. And I love that. I I mean, I love this storyline that people are like, oh my gosh, Tom Brady is getting scolded. Tom Brady got called out by Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians had the gall to question Tom Brady publicly. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Tom Brady is, is Bruce Arians? How dare he? Doesn't he realize? People are like, doesn't he realize he's supposed to kiss the ring? This is what's supposed to happen? He's, he's supposed to kiss the ring. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady came to Tampa. They should be just happy to have him there. That should be, they should be thrilled to have Tom Brady around. That's not the way this thing works. Bruce Arians don't care, to use very poor English with you. Bruce Arians doesn't care. He wants to win, and he's going to call it out if he sees that he thinks his quarterback didn't do some things the way he should have or he wasn't pleased with the play. And people are, like, freaked out by this. And more importantly, they believe, it seems, is like, uh uh-oh, Tom Brady, he's going to be pissed. He's going to be really pissed. Tom's going to not like this. There's, there, there are people saying there's beef. There's beef in Tampa after only one game. Give me a break. Do you think Tom Brady's mentally fragile? Honestly. Arguably, and I say arguably, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And you're going to tell me that you believe that Tom Brady is mentally fragile. That if Bruce Arians at a press conference sort of calls out and says he needs to be better, that Tom Brady's going to like, like fold into the fetal position and be so upset that he can't handle it. Come on, give me a break. You know that's not true. You know that's not the case. And more importantly, appreciate guys like Bruce Arians. Because I guarantee you this, over the years, Bill Belichick tore into Tom Brady. Well, he didn't do it publicly like that. Look, I don't think Bruce Arians tore into him, for one thing. I think he really tore into him or anything like that. But people are so sensitive. I guarantee you, Tom Brady had really, really bad days with Bill Belichick. 
promise you, bad days, days he'd like to forget, he'll be okay. Because if any of you out there, seriously, if any of you out there are doubting Tom Brady's toughness or that Tom Brady's going to be mentally fragile, that he's going to be bothered by what goes on with Bruce Arians, give me a break. It's not happening. Our toll-free line will be open for you most of the morning at 855-212-4CBS. It's sponsored by the great people at GEICO. Right now, GEICO's offering you an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies on top of what GEICO could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com, and you can learn more today. We'll have plenty for you coming up. The fallout, though, is where you get caught up on everything in the world of college football that you may have missed in the last 24 hours. We'll get to that next. It's the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. This is the fallout. Now on the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we get to the world of college football. And, and, and look, the biggest names in college football are around when you got Clemson involved. But the other biggest names are going to get back into business like Alabama. We're going to hear more from them. We're going to hear more from Oklahoma. We're going to hear more from uh, Georgia. And Ohio State is actually going to come out of hiding. And they're going to play. So the biggest names are getting back into the fallout. Anthony Piano has done a nice streamlined version of it for you today. Clemson took on the Citadel. And it's the Citadel. And all I can tell you is... 49 nothing doesn't begin to describe what went on. Trevor Lawrence, nine passes on Saturday. He threw nine passes, three of them for touchdowns. The Tigers are now 35-0 against teams from the football championship subdivision. Clemson's defense shut them down, holding them to 86 yards on the ground after they rushed for 200 last week at South Florida. They are 35-0 against teams from below. It's unbelievable. Tigers posted their first shutout since beating Ohio State 31-0 in the college football playoff semifinals back in 2016. Dabo, are you proud of that offensive effort? Offensively, man, just unbelievable uh, there in the first half. Uh, 49 points. That's the most points we've scored since I've been the head coach in a half. And uh, just very crisp. Good to see some balls down the field. Uh, you know, all the receivers made some plays and spread it out. I think Trevor was eight of nine, uh, three touchdowns, incredibly efficient. We scored quick. Dabo Sweeney is, is I mean, he's, he's not smoking anything. I mean, he's telling the truth. His team's loaded. He ain't drinking. Congratulations, 49 nothing. Let's go to Notre Dame. Taking on South Florida. Well... Let's just say that Notre Dame made quick work of South Florida. Ian Book, three first-half touchdowns. Notre Dame wins its 20th straight home game, 52 to nothing against South Florida. They led 35-0 at halftime, and for the second year in a row, they posted a 52-point shutout. Now they get Wake Forest next weekend. But Ian Book says, wow, that 52 nothing win was a great quick start. Feels great. I mean, it just builds confidence for everybody, uh, including myself, just uh, to know that we can do that and we can start fast. And, you know, when we play like that with speed and with some tempo, you know, we're a really good offense. And um, it felt good to have it, you know, start clicking. Now, we go to where Oklahoma State was at home against Tulsa. You weren't expecting this to be a defensive battle. It was. Part of that may be that Oklahoma State starting quarterback Spencer Sanders injured his right ankle on the first offensive possession of the game. 
They had Ethan Bullock come into the game. He played the rest of the first half and briefly into the third quarter. Then Shane Ellingworth came in, four-star recruit quarterback. Look, Oklahoma State won 16-7. It was ugly. It was not what anyone expected. Here's Chuba Hubbard, though, a name you'll remember from Dave Hunsaker on Learfield IMG College. Ellingworth hands it off to Hubbard, up the middle, and he blasts his way into the end zone. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State. Chuba Hubbard. Oklahoma State wins 16-7. They begin Big 12 Conference action next Saturday at home against West Virginia. So, let's go. Cincinnati taking on Austin P. By the way, that's not a person. It is a school. Let's hear what Garrett Oaks had to do from Dan Horde on Learfield IMG College. Bearcats are going to line up in a wildcat again as Ritter goes in motion out to the right. They'll snap it directly back to Jerome Ford, who's standing at the seven-yard line, or Jared Dokes, rather. He has the ball. He runs left. He lunges to the goal line, and he is in for his third rushing touchdown of the first half. Just in case the play-by-play guy didn't see that he was in, the color analyst jumps the call and takes care of business for him. 55-20, to 20, Cincinnati wins. Jared Dokes, four touchdowns. Career-high three rushing touchdowns. Cincinnati wins 55-20 to 20 in the Bearcats' season opener. Cincinnati has Army next Saturday. What did UCF have in plans for Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech beats Florida State last week. What was going to happen when they meet down on the flats at Georgia Tech? Well, Dylan Gabriel of UCF. Throws for career best 417 yards, four touchdowns. The Knights win 49 to 21 over Georgia Tech. Here's Dylan Gabriel talking about his performance of his teammates. Team played really well. Um, offensive line it starts up front. One through five, they picked up a lot of pressures. Things we didn't see, didn't expect. I mean, the whole game plan went out the door right after the first play. Um, running backs did a hell of a job. Uh, getting the pressure too and then shoot man guys were making plays all over the field so when that happens i mean you see what we can do dylan could you like calm yourself down a little bit you're so excitable for god's sakes congratulations big win over georgia tech number 17 miami at number 18 louisville this was a game that was uh, getting a lot of attention last night here's some of the action here's tj rives on compass media 12 of 20 in the game for 158 yards, takes the snap, and we got a player wide open. Alone on the catch is Jalen Knighton, and is he going to go 75 yards? He is. A busted coverage, Knighton catch, touchdown Miami. Wow. Big win, 47 to 34. Miami beats Louisville, 17 beats 18. De'Ara King, three touchdown passes. Big plays all over the field. Miami head coach Manny Diaz says, unlike him with Temple University, that this team is all in. The, the one thing that this team has, this team is is just through two weeks. It's early days, but um, they're pretty connected. They have each other's back pretty good. Um, and and, and we, we have really adopted that play the next play mentality. So no matter what happens, we just go back out there and just go right to work. All right, Georgia State hosting Louisiana. And it looked like Georgia State was going to pull the upset here. But no, here's Jay Walker from Learfield IMG College. Snap to Lewis. Give to Mitchell. Right side. Sweeping out. Touchdown, Louisiana. And this time there's no timeout. This time I don't see a flag. And the Louisiana Raging Cajuns fight and scratch and claw 
their way to an overtime win here today by the score of 34 to 31. Elijah Mitchell, 164 yards, that game-winning touchdown in overtime. Georgia State goes down 34-31. Hey, Louisiana Lafayette was a 17-point favorite, but they were trailing by 7 and then 14 in the third quarter. So, Lafayette hosts Georgia Southern, Louisiana. They're going to host Georgia Southern next Saturday after their victory. So, Appalachian State taking on Marshall, and they got to go on the road. Is it going to be an upset? Steve Cotton from Learfield IMG College will tell you. Grand Wells in the gun, takes the snap, takes the handoff. He takes off left, and he is all by his lonesome. Nobody within 10 yards, and Wells waltzes in for the touchdown. Marshall 16, Appalachian State 7. Grand Wells 12 yards for the score. All right, Marshall defeats a ranked opponent for the first time since winning at number 6 Kansas State in 2003. That is a long drought. It also was the Thundering Herd's first victory of a ranked opponent at home since 1976. That seems unbelievable. 17-7, Marshall victorious. All right, we'll, we'll close it out with this. Pitt taking on Syracuse. Pitt wins 21-10. Despite seven penalties, three missed field goals, two turnovers, they survive and win 21-10. Syracuse, just 171 total yards of offense. If I'm Damon Amendolara, I am cutting my donation to the athletic department until this gets fixed. Here's Pittsburgh coach Pat Narduzzi after the 21-10 win. We're 1-0 in the ACC, and, and uh, you know, the goal was to come out here today and be 1-0. Um, it's a win. It was a lot uglier than I'd like it to be, and I told the team afterwards. Uh, just, you know, disappointed more with just the penalties uh, that we had. Um, just some stuff that, you know, you don't expect to happen at all. Yeah, you don't expect a lot of this stuff to happen at all. But it does. And guess what? The fallout doesn't happen on a Sunday morning without the great work of my producer, Tony Pierno. Anthony, I'm saying Tony Pierno because that's how you find him on Twitter. Anthony Pierno, he's a rock star. Thank you, Anthony, for your fine work again. And by the way, if your team didn't appear in the fallout, you don't get you don't get to hear from your team and your highlights and everything. Don't don't complain to me. Don't complain to Tony Pierno. Complain to your athletic director and your coach that your players aren't good enough. Motivate them. Say the only the good teams make the fallout on the John Kincaid show on CBS Sports Radio. I appreciate you being a part of that. It's so much fun. And uh, Anthony does spectacular work with that every single week. If football is a religion, consider yourself in the front pew. Back to the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Great to have A.J. Hawk with us. 11-year NFL veteran. You know him. The Ohio State fans really know him. Sirius XM NFL. McAfee and Hawk, too, and the host of the Hawkcast. I mean, this is a man who has a very, very busy dance card right now. And college football's back, AJ. Well, not yet for the Big Ten. How disappointed are you that it's September the 20th and we haven't had games yet in the Big Ten? I mean, yeah, it's definitely disappointing. But uh, from what it looked like uh, a week or two ago, I think we'll, we'll take it. I, I live in, uh, around Columbus, Ohio. So people here have been fighting hard to try to get the Big Ten back. And 
I think any news of a, a possible season and, and a chance to go to the college football playoffs is uh, is all you can ask for, I guess. But now we just have to cross our fingers and hopefully everything works out. Hey, Jack. You're you're a guy who actually you know took your dream, played college football big time, and then went to the NFL. So you're better suited to answer this than anybody. But when I see national columnists like Christine Brennan and others speaking out saying, well, the Big Ten's coming back, you don't care about these players and their health and everything, I look at it and say, these guys want to play. The players want to play and chase their dream. Am I incorrect with that assessment? No, I mean, all you have to do is look around, and, and nothing is 100%. Yeah, of course there's some guys, I'm sure, that are worried about the, the whole situation, and, and you can opt out if that is the case. But for the most part, when you look around, like, what have you seen? You've seen parents of Big Ten players. You've seen some of the, the highest-profile players in the country come out and try to, uh, to let everybody know that we want to play and we want to find a safe uh, possible way for us to get back on the field. So – to say that they don't care about the kids, I, I just think that's, I mean, it's just false. I think it truly is. I think we've seen already that other sports in, in the NFL and in other college uh, leagues have found a way to, to at least make it work. We know there's always going to be some hiccups and there's going to be issues, but if you can put, put football out there in the safest possible situation for the time being, then I think you need to do it. The uh, week one in the NFL we get to now. And uh, we, we saw it last week. And, of course, again, guys like me who never played the game, we tend to see something and we get, you know, you're prisoners of the moment. You think, wow, my Eagles look like garbage. You look at other teams and you say, man, maybe they're a lot better than I thought. How much, how, how much of a sample size do you need to evaluate whether an NFL team is good or bad? And can you do it after one week? No, I don't think you can do it after one week. I mean, it's, it's classic that the uh, – the first Monday after the, the first weekend of NFL football, it's just a classic overreaction Monday. And I do a show with Pat McAfee sure. five days a week. And, and we had, you know, I think we labeled it overreaction Monday just because that's, that's what you tend to do. It's just human nature, I feel like. But, no, I think you need at least probably four games. You know, the quarter, the quarter of the season, you've heard of NFL teams and coaches will split the season up into quarters and will take it four games at a time. I think after four, you can get a good feel on what a team is. But, once I said earlier, like about other things, like nothing's 100%. Everything's not just black and white. Like there's a lot of teams that come out the gate hot and they might be three and one, four and zero, oh, and then they fizzle out, whether it's injuries or whatever. Maybe they just weren't that good, but there's so many moving pieces, especially this year in the NFL. I think we're going to see a lot of teams moving up and down to where, Oh, if you want to try to do power rankings and all of that, like that's going to change a lot from month to month. So it'll be an interesting, fun season to watch because I do think it's going to, uh, you, sometimes you're just not going to know what you're going to get from, from each team when it comes week to week, depending AJ, on health of, of teams and, and how they, uh, I guess, how they gel, too. AJ, you're out of your mind if you think Pat McAfee overreacts to things. Come on. You don't expect <laughs> oh, yeah. to. I've been let around me, him enough. <laughs> and from what you've seen in NFL football and college football, I think it can apply to both. And I know you got your eyeballs on both. Do you believe defense has been ahead of offense, or do you believe offense has been ahead of defense? Or can you make a blanket statement like that? Uh, I don't know if I can make a blanket statement right now. There's so many so many games to choose from. I mean, the the theory always is that early on in training camp and everything, and even during the se- early on in the season, the defense is always ahead of the offense just because the defense has more of their playbook installed and the offense is still working on day one things a lot of times, just basics. Um, but right now, I, I think it just depends on where you are. Obviously, if you're a team that's been together and you've kept the coaching staff together and your quarterback's there and he's working with some receivers and O line that is, 
has been around for a little bit, I think you have a better chance early on in the season. But some of those teams, I mean, like Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, yeah, I mean, I, I understand why you had a, a tough matchup and why you may have struggled a little bit at times. You still had some unbelievable throws. But, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time, I think, to kind of get uh, in sync with your receivers and, and your O-line or for everybody just to kind of learn what their teammates do best. When uh, everyone was freaking out this week, Tom Brady getting publicly scolded by Bruce Arians after the game, I, I'm saying I guarantee you he's probably heard it two or three times worse from Bill Belichick over the years. Would I, would I, from what you know of the NFL, am I mistaken in that? Oh, no, I think he's definitely heard much worse, I'm sure, and, and Tom <laughs> can handle it. That's what people will tell you in New England. Yeah, they're not scared. They'll call anybody out. It is different, though, being called out in front of your teammates, uh, from your head coach, and, all, and being called out in the media. It is a different feeling. I don't know how much Tom's been called out in the media by any of his coaches in the past. It's, it's a little different. And things like that, would, I think, would tend to – the players can always handle it. I think it's the people around their family and friends that are like, oh, what's going on? Why is our head coach talking bad about it? Like, that's, that's something I've seen from teammates in the past. Like, if a, if a coach uh, comes out and says something about a player, usually they're like extended family are the ones that, that handle it the worst. And, uh, look, and, and people, are just, people are very sensitive. So you can't like, – like right now, you've, you've started out your media career. Have you been criticized ever worse by a boss in a media career than you were in football? I can't imagine you were, but maybe I'm making a mistake. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I, I grew up from a, from a young age. With, I was lucky to have great, great coaches, but those great coaches were very hard on me. Um, my high, just my high school alone, the, the coaching – the coaches there were absolute legends. I was the youngest of three Hawk boys coming through there. So, yeah, I heard plenty from them, and then they pushed me to the absolute limit. And I, I'm so thankful for that. And then going on to college in the NFL, yeah, you, you, I think you need that. I think athletes need feedback. They desire that. They, they need to know where they stand, and they always are going to respect somebody who's upfront and honest with them and doesn't try to sugarcoat it. And you may not like hearing the information. You may not like the coach even, but you at least – deep down respect them for being uh, for being straight up with you and you can trust that guy. Okay, this is maybe a too personal question and if it is you can say to me Kincaid buzz off. I, I'm not answering it. But I always right. look at it I've looked at guys like you over the years and you're one of them that I would think of that I say, man, he'd make a great coach. Whether it's a position coach, a coordinator or otherwise. But do players make too much money in their NFL careers now? to want to put in the time and the effort to become coaches because you've always just been one of those guys that I, you, you look like a coach to me. You, you, you talk like a coach to me. So is that too personal a question to say, do guys make too much money to want to do something like no, that for a career? I, no, I don't, I don't think that's too personal at all. Uh, I've never thought of it that way. I really haven't. Um, I think that the biggest thing that I see as players, we would see the amount of time coaches spend in the facility. That's what drives players away from wanting okay. to be coaches. But, but players either kind of have it or they don't, I think, when it comes to coaching. And some guys might retire and then take a job with the staff and then after a year or two realize, hey, this isn't my thing. Like, I, the schedule is not what I want. For me, no, coaching is not my thing. And honestly, I, I've never really had that felt like a pull to coaching. And I'm terrible at it. Like, I, I've tried to coach like, really? before. Like, I coached little kids' camps and everything. Like, when I was in high school and college, if I had to coach a kids' camp, where you have 150 kids and you got them for five hours, I felt like I was there coaching for seven days. Like it just felt wow. like time stood still. I was, and I'm just not. I'm more of a 
when I do coach, I have four young kids, and I've coached sure. their, their little teams and stuff. I'm more – I'm a terrible coach because I'm all about, like, positivity and pumping the kids up. Like, they'll come to me and say, oh, what about, man, you got to yell at this kid. He just missed that tackle. And all I can think in my head is, like, hey, you see that kid run the ball? That kid's pretty quick. That's a damn hard tackle to make. Like, I'm, I can tell him keep his head up and chop his feet, but I'm not going to yell and – pull the kid out of the game. Like, I'm going to pump him up and tell him, hey, that's, that kid's a heck of an athlete with the ball. you got to make sure you just keep your head up, try to get him down. Like, I don't – and the schedule, I'm, I struggle with that. I, I don't want to move either. I built a house in Ohio. I can't move. I, I don't want to move, I should say. <laughs> My wife's very open to me, Coach, and she wouldn't mind. She thinks the same thing, thinks I would do well. But, um, no, for right now, I am, I am hunkered here at home. I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed, though, because usually when you've joined us on the show over the years, I usually hear the kids making a, a big mess in the kitchen, making breakfast, <laughs> well, and you, and you well, in with them. Well, you guys, they, they gave me like three or four different options to call in. And you choose pre-breakfast? You took pre-breakfast? Yeah, oh, yeah. I choose before they, <laughs> they are up and, up and about too much because they don't, have, they don't have school today. If it was a Monday, yeah, they're up at 7 for getting ready for school. We're getting them going. But right now I'm sequestered in a room in my basement just so what? you can't hear them. <laughs> What's for breakfast? Man, I wish I could tell you. You were making pancakes healthy. once before. You were making pancakes, I believe, once before. Yeah, I'm not, I am not good at that either. You're not good um, at that? What are you good at, Age, other than media now? I mean, what, what are you good at? I mean, let's, I'm not a whole lot, really. I don't know. <laughs> trying to figure that out aren't i I'm 36 i'm trying to figure it out no oh, believe uh, me i guess i i shouldn't say i'm not good at pancake making i don't have any passion for it that's my problem there you go. i just passion. i'm not real passionate there for my go. kids i'll do it for my kids but you know what if one of my buddies or you asked me to make a pancakes yes. i don't think i could do it Send me to IHOP. Tell me to get out of there. Hey, AJ, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Enjoy continued success. We'll catch you on Sirius XM NFL Radio. And, of course, you and Pat McAfee always getting into trouble. Thanks for your time, man. All right. Thanks for having me. There you go. Hey, today it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader. The early games highlighted by an NFC matchup, Giants and the Bears, along with the Broncos squaring off against the Steelers. In game two, you got Super Bowl champion MVP Patrick Mahomes and the champion Chiefs facing the Chargers, or the Ravens taking on the Texans. That is a full day on CBS. It all starts with JB and the guys on the NFL Today, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, today on CBS. So, Anthony, so my radio show ends in Atlanta. Yes, I, 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 I heard. After 20 <laughs> years, did you see the picture I put out there? I mean, that's a little out of Hysterical. bounds. The, uh, they, 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 they stick me with the Grim Reaper there in the lobby. I was a little shocked with my cutout. But um, a gentleman says, I thought you would find one of the most fun tweets that you would find. Is a gentleman says, I've listened to John for 20 years in Atlanta. I haven't watched General Hospital since high school, but I feel like I still do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some very funny stuff that people share, and uh, it is a lot of fun. You it know, I know uh, you, you've received a lot of telephone calls, emails. Yes. Uh, so have I. <laughs> yeah, you, what do you mean? You did too? Yes, because calling? ever since the news dropped, I had people texting wellness me. Wellness checks? What were they? Yes. Wellness checks on me? Yep. A lot of wellness checks. Oh my gosh. Well, let's put it this way. I said, I'm having a can food drive next Sunday <laughs> during the show. <laughs> I'm like, people People are so kind. And that's one of the things I would say, and I know a lot of our Atlanta listeners are still with us. Uh, Anthony, one thing I know is that people are really kind. And I think that kindness uh, is something that a lot of people don't, um, don't really grasp in media careers because you're sitting behind a microphone. Like Anthony and I are 750 miles apart. No, we're like 900 miles apart, and, but we're, we're family, but we're like 900 miles apart, 
And when you speak into a microphone, especially on a Sunday morning nationwide, you don't know who's listening. You don't know what your audience is or who your audience is. In Atlanta, doing a radio show for 20 years, I know my audience. I know those people because I meet them at remotes. I meet them at church. I meet them at the store all over the place. And I appreciate them so damn much. Amazing community, amazing people. And just like I appreciate all the listeners of the John Kincaid Show here on the network. And I know a lot of listeners on the network have, have checked in and from all parts of the country. Everything is fine. I have a feeling I'll be able to find work again. If not, I'm a very talented guy and I can adapt. But I think I'm going to find work again. And I'm still going to be here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I'm still going to be doing my uh, podcast with that guy. Have you ever heard of Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony? I'm trying to raise his profile a little bit. Have you heard of him since he started working with me? He's really talented. Really, really good guy. I appreciate you all. And I know that a lot of the Atlanta listeners are still catching the show on 680 The Fan. Great station in Atlanta. Absolutely awesome. And you it, it, look, there's that's where you want to you want to be a part of that family. And I love you all. Uh, I can tell you this, that as I look at week three of the NFL, and I, it, I didn't make a mistake here. When I look at week three, I'm already looking ahead at who I think may be in must win games, trying to avoid that 0-3 start. But one thing I know from doing my research, the 0-1 start doesn't handcuff you at all. It doesn't end your season. In fact, many, many times, an 0-1 start catapults you to something better. We'll get to that story and more, plus a Western Conference final that I'm just going to need a little more motivation to get excited about with the Lakers and the Nuggets. It's not sexy to me. I'm still sexy. We're only halfway home. Stick with us, won't you? Hydrate, do some push-ups, be back. The second half of the John Kincaid Show comes your way next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.